Welcome back to The Queer Cutie. In the last two episodes, we spoke about transgressiveness in new queer cinema through Gregor Rocky's The Living End and Todd Haynes' Poison, both seminal pieces of fiction that were explosive during the movement for their unconventional style and depiction of queerness. Today, however, we will be looking at a queer retelling of an infamous true crime story through Tom Kalen's swoon. They experimented with mouth perversions. This whole thing is just an absurd situation because there's nothing but putting his penis between his friend's legs and experiencing some sort of a thrill. Tom Kalen's swoon is based on the 1923 case of two wealthy University of Chicago students, Nathan Leopold and Richard Loeb, both who were charged for the kidnapping and the murder of 14-year-old Bobby Franks. Their motive was to enact the perfect crime and to display their superior intellect, both who saw themselves as above the law, as supermen, a philosophical concept from Friedrich Nietzsche. The heart of Tom Kalen's retelling of this infamous crime case centered on the queer relationship between Leopold and Loeb, a feature that Hitchcock's 1948 Rope and Richard Fleischer's 1959 Compulsion both forgo. So... Nick, how did you feel about Swoon? So this is my first time seeing Swoon, and I absolutely loved it. You know, I I definitely felt that it went with the same themes that we're looking at with Gregor Rocky's The Living End and Todd Haynes' Poison, that we're really dealing with these transgressive, in-your-face, like you were saying, Alina, about these new queer cinema films. And... I had never heard of this murder case before, and I can understand that this would be the first time telling the story of these two murderous men with this type of queer lens focusing on their homosexual relationship. So I personally loved it. I really enjoyed it, and I really loved seeing how um, how he, Tom Kalen, was able to really let his art freak flag fly with going through this film. And there's so much in this film with all these shots that really speaks to the type of relationship between Leopold and Loeb. So I'm really excited to dive into it. So I really want to hear what you had to, had to say about it. I really liked the film. I, I will admit there are certain parts like the um, interludes with them reading from, I think, Venus and Ferris. Um, I didn't read it, but Nick, you read it, so please give me more details on the importance of that. Um, I, I definitely really liked the intro. Threw me off for a moment when like it panned backwards and we were like, oh, it's a set, you know? And then they have that whole like montage of Nathan and Richard running, throwing glass bottles at each other. I think it was Richard who like sticks out his tongue and like he has two rings. They place it on each other, like this ceremony between them, right? I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I love that. You know, so that was probably one of my favorite opening scenes that I've seen in cinema. You know, it it was just so, it was just so different. You know, we have these characters, you know, dressed as like 20s flappers, you know, just coming in and out of the scene, you know, just like floating. And we have these characters who are reciting from Venus and Furs. And Venus and Furs, which is a fabulous novel depicts this type of psychosexual relationship between this very aristocratic woman who takes on this man 
who is really into being used and being this type of like sub. And she enacts this type of BDSM relationship with him. But I think Venus and Furs is kind of that type of, you know, original view of the dominant and submissive relationship. And so it really sets the scene, especially with all of that, you know, flapper attire, you know, we're really getting in to the twenties and looking at this real life couple and what led them to, you know, commit murder. So I, I thought it was the perfect setup. I, I just want to briefly go into how, um, rope and compulsion they completely took out the whole homosexual element especially like compulsion dealt with more of the whole perfect crime gone wrong and um anti-capital punishment um which features orson welles but he doesn't come into the movie until like an hour in so i was like really when i was watching i was like why why did you say starring orson welles when he literally doesn't come in until like the last half hour of the movie they know they're they're prize fighters so (laughs) But anyways, um, the whole point of that is I want to say that um, Kalen in Swoon, he reclaims that trope of the homosexual and queer killer. Um, he shows that sexuality has no connection to being a murderer, and it's a lot more nuanced than what um, was displayed in like maybe compulsion. Um, Leopold and Lowe were obsessed with the niche theory of Superman. They thought they were above law. Um, and they're obsessed with enacting this perfect crime. And I think what Kaylin was trying to show was that their homosexual relation had nothing to do with their crimes. Yeah, I agree completely because, you know, we've had for decades the evil homosexual killer, you know, the, the um, monster of society that happened within like late 60s throughout the 80s of homosexuals being depicted as these sick individuals of society that either need to die or be rehabilitated and they're typically murderers. And so, you know, we're we're not new to this concept of homosexual killers. But I agree completely because Kalen, he does reclaim this and their murder of this boy, it's not because they're gay. But it's because of this type of psychosexual relationship between these two men that made it this perfect combination to create killers out of them. If neither of these two men were together, they wouldn't have killed. But it is not because of them being gay, because this could easily be a heterosexual couple. You know, we see it with Bonnie and Clyde, you know, this male and female dynamic where it's basically the same and you know we're not adding a binary to it of course but you know it does not have to deal with sexuality yeah it showed that Loeb enjoyed the killing he enjoyed the um act of crime and you can see that in his smile when he's assaulting the boy in the back seat this definitely shows how confrontational I think new queer cinema is because Unlike compulsion, unlike rope, Kaylin shows the brutal act of the murder. Yes, yes. That is a very key point to make when he was creating this film is he didn't shy away from showing that murder. Because I don't think Kaylin's intention was to be on either side of the case. Yeah, I, I agree that I don't believe he's on either side of this case, you know, on the prosecution or defense. 
because we're not supposed to feel sympathetic towards these two characters. You know, they're not a product of their society, you know, like the films that we've seen prior, The Living End and Poison, you know, we're sympathetic towards most of these characters because they're transgressive towards a society that has completely abandoned them. But we're looking at a period piece here based off of actual gay murderers and there's no sympathy. We're not supposed to feel sympathetic towards these characters. But I think that it's such a step forward in the type of representation. I think like one of the main points Kaylin is trying to make is, you know, I think it goes right along with that transgressiveness. You know, these are queer characters who are, you know, just fighting out against society. Now we understand why with the previous films we've seen, but for this, it's not really about the reason why they're doing the act that they're doing. It's, you know, this relationship between the two of them. But I think it's also to show that, yeah, you know, we've had so many characters, so many heterosexual characters and couples who have done these horrendous crimes. And instead of painting this angelic portrait of queer people that was so common in the 80s trying to reclaim that positive representation. You know, we're getting into new queer cinema in the 90s where we have all these transgressive characters, but this is such a step forward that it shows two unapologetic, irredeemable characters who are queer and commit crimes, just like, you know, any heterosexual couple, you know, any heterosexual character. So I feel like that has so much weight on what Kaylin was trying to portray. It was the type of film, you know, when we're looking at like true crime thematized into fiction, I thought that it was really worth doing that type of um, reclamation of sexuality dealing with true crime. So I'm really glad that we decided to cover this. That ends off our segment on Tom Kaylin's swoon a piece in true crime that has been adapted for years and reclaimed by Kaylin by bringing queerness to the forefront. Stay tuned for our next episode, where we'll be looking at another revisionist take in queer history with Derek Jarman's Edward II. Thanks for listening, and stay safe, wear a mask, go vote, and stay queer.